since um, Vincent has come to Camborne Church, he has to learn, had, had to learn about balloon ministry, um, as you're aware, um, something um, new to the Methodist training, but I hope it will be integrated shortly. Um, I was a bit alarmed, though, that um, he almost passed out, given the size of the balloons, and I had to encourage him to sit down. You know, he was um, feeling rather lightheaded on the day of Pentecost, filled with, well, with the, with the balloon and, um, and all that involves. Ruach is the word in Hebrew. Pneumatos, the word in Greek. The word spirit can be translated in English as wind or breath. Maybe if you want to get into the spirit of this talk this morning, just remind yourself that you have breath in your lungs. We're good at doing this. We are good at breathing. It's something you're so good at you don't even think about. You're fantastic at breathing. You're doing it even before you realise this morning. You're that good at it. Can you feel the hot air? Well, sometimes we're just filled with hot air, though. It's sometimes part of the problem, isn't it? But, but also the air in this place. Don't tell me talk about being, oh, it's a bit airless, isn't it? Whew, can we open the window? Might be an idea. Our atmosphere is filled with air. The universe, the planet Earth, is one of the most unique pieces of matter in our ever-expanding universe. And there's a membrane around the Earth um, called the atmosphere. It's 11 miles high. And you know as well as I do that the further out there you go, the thinner it gets. But there'll be nothing... We need that for the existence of life in our planet. There's nothing on this Earth more powerful than the winds of this atmosphere. Our human bodies are filled with air, as we've said already. Um, I wonder, I was really surprised, a bit disappointed in the first service that nobody could give me in the Heimlich procedure, the ABC of the Heimlich. I I thought that would be a good thing. Again, surely this number of people with health and safety these days, there'd be somebody that could tell us the ABCD of the Heimlich manoeuvre, you know, to make sure when someone's choking that they can get back to life again. Are we, no? We're not a life giving. Yes? Ian, uh, Steve, do you want to? A, airwaves. airwaves. It's important to make your airways clear. B, breathing. breathing, mouth to mouth, blow air into a person's body. C, circulate the blood by chest compression. And D, uh, D, that's, that's advanced. <laughs> <laughs> the D is don't panic. <laughs> So what's this stuff, air? Where does it come from and where does it go to? Well, scientists will tell us, you know better than I do, most of you, half of you, 78% of it is nitrogen, 21% oxygen, 1% argon, um, ask somebody who's a scientist later what on earth that is, and 0.3% of a percent carbon dioxide. And wind is simply air on the move. Wind. What causes air to move. Change in heat. When you change it in heat, you change the flow of the molecules that result in movement. And with the earth constantly moving, there are therefore constant temperature changes on the face of the earth. And there are wind currents and streams of air circling around the world. And so you can get cold air meeting, meeting warm and uh, air needs to cool rapidly. And we have tornadoes that, that happen. I'll stop there. Whatever. Any more kind of comment on that? See people that know more than I do. But air is all around us. 
It's essential to our universe. It's something that we are involved with and are breathing every moment of every day. The Jews, the Jewish people, when they thought of God, they thought of the wind. They thought of the wind because God is invisible, mysterious, and all-powerful. You can't control the wind. You can't have life without wind. Wind gives life, and so it was with God, invisible, mysterious, and all-powerful. In Genesis 1, we read, In the beginning there was the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the Spirit of God, the wind of God, the breath of God, came across the face of the waters. And it was like God gave mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to the planet to start it going. In Genesis 2, we hear of the creation of human beings, And God takes dust of the earth and God breathes into man the breath, the wind, the ruach of life. In Exodus and in the story of Moses, the people are not allowed to make graven images because God is like the wind. How dare you limit God to one particular thing? God is invisible, mysterious, all-powerful, all-creative. The one thing that sometimes is allowed in the Holy of Holies, um, and we had it in our church back home. When I was little, I was frightened of it because it was this big bird, huge bird. It looked really fearsome. And I thought, I could never work out why that was there. Um, Being good Reformed Presbyterians, we didn't have that many other images. But this huge bird was there, you know. Um, And actually, for the Jewish people... It was not the bird that was being worshipped, but actually the air and that which lifted the bird to fly, the the cherubim and the seraphim, and that remembrance of in the air all around us is the pervasiveness, the almightiness of God. In the Old Testament, as you know, there are particular people that are filled with God's wind, God's spirit, for particular reasons and have particular things to say, messages. Moses, Samuel, and David, filled with the Spirit, says this, Where can I go to escape from your Spirit? Where can I get away from your presence? If I went up to heaven, you'd be there. If I went down to the land of the dead, you'd be there. If I went to the furthest east, you'd be there. If I went to the furthest west, you'd be there. You would be there to guide me. Those of us who live in Camberwell particularly know that we can't escape the wind. Um, I don't know about your house, but we daren't open two doors at the same time. It's impossible, or else we have a... Suddenly, if the door at the back door is open and someone comes to the front, you come, oh, no, no, careful, it'll slam on them. You know, watch your thing. Very dangerous. I've been quite happy if today being a windy day to kind of to talk about our example, but we've got a still day in Camborne as it happens. And then we come to Joel, verse 20 of chapter 2, that says... In the final times, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will have dreams. Everyone will be filled with that invisible spirit, not just the prophetic giants and a few kings, but everyone. And so we come today to the story in Acts. And we hear of the sound that came from heaven, which was like the sound of a rushing mighty wind which filled the house, banged the doors, rattled the windows where they were meeting, where they were praying. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the holy wind. And they began to prophesy and sing and speak in many languages. So what about us today? What does this mean for you and me today? We know that we cannot have life without air, without wind. And so the first purpose of the Spirit is to make God alive in us. God invisible, mysterious and powerful. This God, this wind gives life. God all around us. God below us, God beside us. God present with us even when we don't feel God. God with us when we, don't, when we do things that are contrary to God. When we're shopping, when we're tidying up, when we're at work, when we're struggling with things. When we're dying, God is with us in all things because God loves us graciously by his presence, mysteriously, invisibly, wonderfully. God is with us. God's Spirit makes God alive in you and me. The second purpose of the Spirit is to make Jesus alive in us. Alive! taking the words of Jesus, the stories of Jesus, and as we read them, as we hear them, letting them resonate in all of our lives and all of ourself to say, yes, these are words of eternal life. There's life in this. This is good. This is for my well-being. This is right for us as a human race. These are beautiful, but they're life-giving and right. They're spiritual words. The purpose of the Spirit is to energize the love of Christ within us. To energize the love of Christ within us. Because we can believe all this stuff. We as Christians talk about love sometimes too carelessly. The love of God. And yet you might say, but all this breadth and this wonderfulness of God working, I don't, I, I can say it, but I don't feel very much. It doesn't do very much for me. Nicky Gumbel sometimes suggests that we can be pilot light people. You know, when you've got your boiler at home, there's a pilot light if it's on. It's just a wee tooty wee light, a wee flickering thing that keeps the system going. But actually, if you switch the system on, suddenly, quite a difference. It powers the whole system. Beforehand, you've got the potential. But actually, when you switch the thing on and it fires the radiators and everything, the gas comes on and all the jets burst into life. That's something of what God's Holy Spirit, I believe when God invites us, when we invite God, and God invites us into relationship, and we say, here I am. I thank you for my life. I thank you for the way you've given me what you've given me. Come and lead me. Come and control my life and be everything. Christ in me, the hope of glory. We'll sing that later. At certain moments, we can just sense God's Spirit lifting our spirit to new heights and just being electrified, being filled, being filled with wonderment and joy when God's Spirit comes and makes us alive. The third purpose of the Spirit is to make the church alive so that we don't just sit here and say nice words to each other, but that God's Spirit is a transformative Spirit changing people and situations and are shaping our community. That's what we believe as Christians in Camborne Church. It's not about 
how good was the service on Sunday. It's got to be about transformation. It's got to be about whole life transformation. And God shakes the church because often we're too conservative. We do things the way they've always been done. And God says, I want that person to know my love. And that will mean quite a, it'll require change. It'll require you going and having conversation and things happening. For we we in the church need to be led by God's spirit. And open to God's, like the wind blowing all the way through us and beyond. For this is not just for, for our well-being. This is, God does this for the love of the world and for the sake of all of our community. A story, another little story. There's, um, it's, it's from a Buddhist, it's a Buddhist story about a monk and uh, his, his student the master's asking a young monk who's well advanced in the study of Buddhist sutras, what's the most important thing you've learned? What's the most important thing? To follow the Buddha, he says. In response to this, the master plunges the young man's head into a trough of water. He comes up gasping. And again, the monk asks him, what's the most important thing of all? Enlightenment, he shouts. Again, his head goes down under the water and he comes up choking, fearing he will drown. What's the most important thing? To be able to breathe, he screams. And at that moment, he's enlightened. We can be, again, as Christians, consumed with what we're going to do. We can have plans. But in our everyday breathing, let us be here and now open to God by God's Holy Spirit. And so as we come to celebrate communion, there will be a time when we will ask God's Spirit to set us on fire, to blow through us and to be nearer to us than our nearest breath. And with that in mind, I'd like us to lead us in a short meditation as we end this part of the service. So conscious of God nearer to us than our next breath. Our Heavenly Father who loves us and wants the best for us. We sit quietly and begin to become conscious of your breathing. That thing you're so good at. You're breathing in and you're breathing out. Breathing in and breathing out. Can you feel the air as it goes past your nostrils? Is it warm or cool? Notice how much air there is. Breathing in and out. Relaxing in the presence of Almighty God. In trusting God with our life for God is a life-giving God in our bodies we breathe out that which we don't need and so I invite you this morning as you breathe out to breathe out anxiety
to breathe out stress. To breathe out doubt. To breathe out all those things that are a barrier between us and God. Breathe out. Let go. Breathing in and breathing out. Knowing that we are in the presence of our all-loving Heavenly Father. I invite you to breathe in peace. Breathe it in. Sense it filling not just your lungs, but God's peace filling your, all of your body. God's peace filling your mind. God's peace blowing into your heart. Breathe it in. Breathe in peace. Breathe in love, God's love. For that, that's what God wants. Breathe in love. Breathe in God's Holy Spirit. Breathing in and breathing out. Filling every part. God, our loving Heavenly Father, goes on pouring his love and his grace and his peace into us, even when we seem to be full. God goes on filling us with love and grace and peace because it's for the sake of our community, because it's for the sake of the world. And this love can transform you and I. This love can transform the world. And this love never ends.